The title fight is sizzling, and a battle at the hot Hungaro ring will decide whether it's Max Verstappen or Lewis Hamilton who takes the momentum into the summer break. Hello and welcome to another F1 Strategy Report recap. My name is Michael Amanato, and this is a preview of the 2021 Hungarian Grand Prix. For Heeltread.com, socks inspired by iconic cars. Use the code word STRATEGY for 10% off. Let's take a look back at last year's Hungarian Grand Prix. This was the third race of 2020 and blew out of the water any expectations of any team putting up a fight against Mercedes. Lewis Hamilton dominated the weekend. He set a new track record to take pole position and he was so fast in the race he even had enough of a gap to make an extra pit stop for soft tyres to take the point for fastest lap. But the battle for second and third was more interesting. The race started damp and a dodgy getaway for Valtteri Bottas dropped him from the front row to seventh. He fought back up to third place in the second stint but behind the Stappen, and he couldn't find a way through. Another tyre change was a worthy gamble, and when the Dutchman didn't follow him in, the gauntlet was set for a 21-lap dash to chase him down. He came close, catching Verstappen with just two laps to go, but by then his tyres were finished, and the Dutchman held off for an unlikely second place on a weekend Red Bull Racing had looked out of sorts. I caught up post-race with iconic F1 commentator Ben Edwards. Do you have any prospect after three races that anyone can take the fight to Lewis? I think Lewis is driving beautifully well and um, these second two races he's really got it together. It will be an internal rivalry, a bit like the you know, the, the, the Hamilton versus Rosberg. And of course, Rosberg did go on to win one of those years. There was some reliability issues that Hamilton had, but he's all too aware of that. You know, so things like going for that extra point. I understand that totally why he's so fired up about everything because he, you know, that the year that he lost to, to Nico Rosberg still hurts, uh, 2016. And, and, and it was, he definitely had some reliability issues. He also made some poor starts that year. And, and just, just a little thing like that, suddenly not getting off the line properly. And of course, that's what hit Bottas yesterday. But it, it, it can be such subtle little things sometimes that can determine the outcome of a championship. So, so he's very aware of that. I think he's, he's totally on it again, as you say. Bottas, by his own words, had a horrible race, all thanks to his start, which wasn't a jump start, uh, as per the exact letter of the law. But this set up a, a kind of complicated race for him because he really needed to, to do some passing on the track and, and through the pit lane. I guess what was promising, though, as much as his car was, of course, very much the class of the field, was that he was able to... He never really ran into any roadblocks in, this, in the way that we've seen Valtteri sometimes do when he has to execute, execute a lot of passing or or through strategy. Uh, very close to, to getting second place from, from Max Verstappen, but... Uh, the Mercedes gamble, the same gamble they used last year to race with Max, albeit with Hamilton in that sense, didn't really pay off this time. No, it didn't. But it was worth a gamble, I think. It, you know, they, they'd got him to within a second of Max early on, but he'd worked the tyres very hard uh, in that sort of period because he was still fighting his way through the order. Um, I think it was a smart move by Mercedes. I don't think he would have passed Max um, without going for that move. It worked for Hamilton last year to get past Verstappen. It didn't quite work for Bottas this time. But I, I, I don't sort of knock Mercedes for having a go at it. They didn't lose anything by doing it. And they could possibly have gained that second place. And, and as you say, I think Bottas drove well. You know, he it was tough. It must have been hard coming around at the end of that first mm. lap and thinking, oh, my goodness, you know, oh, there's a lot of cars. We are on one of the toughest tracks on which to overtake. And Lewis is miles ahead, but he, he gets his head down and he it would be easy to sort of throw it away with too ambitious a move or too early on. He doesn't do that. He, he, he just focuses on what he needs to do next and next and works hard at it. And that start 
you know that was that was a tough one for him. He he was distracted. He he could barely see the the start lights because of the, the, the where the halo sits. He he and he said he was distracted by lights, some lights on the steering wheel going out. So he was kind of it's weird, isn't it? But they're in this sense of lights out and off you go. And his lights were the little lights went out on the steering wheel and off he went. <laughs> um, so and then realised obviously that he shouldn't have done and thankfully didn't um, move beyond the the marker effectively. But it, he lost out a big time a big time through that start uh, and it was still a good recovery of course we have to talk about Max Verstappen because while Bottas got a, a pretty average start off the line you could say Verstappen had a worse one albeit it was before the lights even began to switch on a really rare mistake obviously not under pressure because this is the reconnaissance lap we're talking about almost throwing away his weekend there and then in very slippery conditions of course it must be said I mean what I know that the car was obviously pretty uncomfortable for him for all weekend, but nonetheless, it must have been quite a, a major surprise to be, I suppose, commentating the lead up to this race and then all of a sudden to see Verstappen in the wall. But then to be able to take the race nonetheless, uh, be able to start that race, uh, an incredible effort from Red Bull Racing. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a real adventure going through <laughs> that whole thing. And, and you could see, I mean, I sort of understand it to a certain extent that, you know, when he went out on the reconnaissance lap, what you're doing then is... is getting an understanding of where the grip is, where where are the slippery bits, where are the dry bits, what's the car feeling like? And and it was quite an aggressive outlap, and, and he went off. He'd already been off wide a couple of times before he got to that corner. And I was watching his lap and thinking, he's really, you know, I, I understand what you're doing here. You're really chucking the car around. You want to get a feel for what it's like on this surface right now before this race starts. But he just got he got too carried away with it. He got He was doing a bit too belligerently, I would say. And then when he did lock up, and went off, uh, um, you know, and the runoff area was so slippery. He had no no chance. I mean, he's usually very good at collecting a car uh, and quite often preventing it from hitting the barrier. But he was just going that much too quick, and so it, it was a shock. Uh, but the, what the, what what the crew did on the on the grid was fantastic, absolutely brilliant. You know, they were they have a special um, little X ray machine that they had to use on the wishbones to check for any cracks in the wishbones because they're carbon made of carbon fiber of course they're not steel so in the old days it would have been steel and it would have bent the wishbones as well but when they're made of carbon fiber as they are they're they're either okay or they're cracked or they're broken and they have this little x-ray machine that has to check to see whether they're cracked obviously so they did all that they replaced the push rod and the uh, the steering arm uh, and they got it done with seconds and and that was just such a brilliant effort that was that was classic uh, race mechanics doing their their job and in in a way that they would have had a huge buzz out of that but brilliantly done and and then max repaid them i think that was what was so lovely is that he came up with such a great start a solid race and to get a second place and split the mercedes that was such a great result it was a bit of a fairy story really it's sometimes frustrating on occasions like this isn't it because while the Red Bull racing car is, is so rarely the dominant car in this era of Formula 1, of course, once upon a time it very much was, the team is otherwise so sharp, whether it's the drivers like Max, for example, who managed to deliver second place today. The strategists are, are regularly putting cars that they don't really have too much business competing with under pressure. I mean, this race, for example, was perfectly executed even from the very first pit stop this race started on intermediate tires of course uh waiting an extra lap before pitting enabled him to to jump the chaos of of the third lap stops where everyone seemed to be switching onto slick tires and then just let him build into this rhythm in the middle of the race and then of course as we've mentioned not taking that undercut bait from Bottas late in the race was everything that needed to be done to to secure that second place and 
you just can't help but feel it's a shame that this team isn't in contention more often. Oh, I agree. I, they are such a good racing team in terms of their mentality, the way they go about it. Uh, I just wish that the car was showing a bit more competitiveness. And I think that's that's the sadness that they are a team that can turn these things around and they have done in the past. Whether, I mean, you look at the Mercedes advantage uh, and you've got to think that's going to be very tough. Um, I would certainly expect them to be the next best team. And, and that what was surprising was that he only qualified seventh, you know, beaten by the racing points um, on the grid and the Ferraris as well. That that really was, that was a bit of a shocker. And I, I don't think that that will necessarily be something we see normally. I think that was a bit of a surprise. They must have gone up, come up with something for Hungary that presumably just didn't gel for whatever reason. Um, and it's more likely they're going to be battling they may well be battling those racing points pretty hard at some stage. And it may be that the racing point will have the advantage at certain circuits and the Red Bull at others. But Max has that special quality, doesn't he? Like Lewis, uh, like Fernando Alonso, they, they can drag a performance out of a car that is beyond what it's really sort of set at, the level it's set at. They can get something special out of it. Um, and, and it's always a joy to watch a driver doing that. Haas, they've scored some points this weekend. They've had a bit of a difficult start to this season after a, a fairly difficult 2019. And they did it by making their first pit stop before the race even began. It was on the formation lap. It actually cost them a penalty because of the communication on that formation lap. But Kevin Magnussen still managed to score a point. This is sort of, I guess, the limit of, of reactiveness, isn't it? They they couldn't make the decision on, on the reconnaissance lap, but the formation lap before the race even started decided it was dry enough. And I suppose that speaks, or A, to that, that reactiveness, but also teams being able to trust their drivers and vice versa, I suppose, to make a call like this, especially when Magnussen was the only car when the, the tyre blankets came off of the grid that seemed to want to start on full wet tyres, which, as we know now, in retrospect, would have been a, a disaster. Yeah, that was a funny one, that they put him on full wet. I don't know why they did that. <laughs> so it's probably why he was even more keen to try the slicks. Um, actually, I'll tell you what, that, that rule, I think, is utterly ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I know that they've got this rule that you're not allowed to give drivers assistance over the radio on the uh, formation lap. But I, I think that's a ridiculous rule because the whole thing of bringing someone in at the, during a formation lap to put on different tyres is part of race strategy to me. Mm-hmm. And, it, and I, I'm really disappointed. Okay, it made one place difference in the end, but I was really disappointed by that ruling. Um, I, the stewards have no doubt argue it's in the rules and they have to stick to it. But I, I think that's a ridiculous rule. Um, it should be got rid of. You should be allowed to say to the drivers... <laughs> come into the pits we're going to put you on slicks or whatever you know that's that's a joke um and but to be fair to uh to the guys i watched uh kevin magnuson's afterwards i watched some of his onboard coverage of of those outlaps initially on the slicks it was exciting to watch he was <laughs> it was really challenging the first couple of laps on the slicks were really challenging and the car snapping and biting and he's doing a really good job and well played to him and grosjean for keeping the car on the road for a Two or three laps. Then after three laps, the track is beginning. Well, two laps, really, because then other people start coming in as well. That's when it starts to work and the track is drying. But but it was good stuff on the opening lap and a brave call by Haas. Uh, I admired it and I'm disappointed that they got any penalty for it, I have to say. Looking ahead to this year's Hungarian Grand Prix, and it's the perfect venue for Red Bull Racing to hit back against Mercedes. Gone are the Mercedes-friendly high-speed bends of Silverstone replaced by a much slower circuit configuration at the Hungaro Ring, narrow and twisty like a car track with little time for rest. 
The cars are loaded up with downforce, which helps to keep the tyres alive for the duration, especially given temperatures at the end of July tend to be very warm. This weekend, the Mercury is forecast to hover a little above 30 degrees Celsius, with a small chance of rain on Sunday. As well, qualifying is always crucial in Budapest, the tight circuit making following and overtaking difficult, so one lap performance is decisive. All of those things spell Red Bull Racing home turf. The RB16B on the evidence of the season to date has been best through slow speed corners, and the updates brought in Austria have done wonders for downforce efficiency. The team's also been in sparkling qualifying form, Verstappen taking the most poles so far this season. But unknown is how effective Mercedes' extensive Silverstone upgrades will be here. The British Grand Prix was inconclusive given that first lap crash, and the team is quietly pleased it found a decent step in performance. With the title standing so close, Verstappen is ahead of Hamilton by 8 points, Red Bull Racing leads Mercedes by just 4, there's a lot on the line in the final race before the break. So who'll carry the momentum into August? I'll be back next week to debrief all of the action. Until then, you can subscribe to The Strategy Report wherever you get your podcasts, and don't forget to follow us on Twitter for our pre-race strategy guide. The Strategy Report is a beer mogul podcast. Special thanks to Ben Loke from Bloke Designs for the show artwork, and our theme music is by Simon Hosford. My name's Michael Amanato, and I'll catch you next week to wrap up the Hungarian Grand Prix.